Raising black children in the United States can be really scary. And as a black mother, I realized I was parenting from fear and I wanted to make a commitment to parent for liberation. You are listening to the Parenting for Liberation podcast. I am your host, Trina Green-Brown. Each episode, I'm joined by other Black parents, and we discuss our journeys to push past our fears to raise our beautiful Black children to be whole, free, and liberated. Hey, this is Trina. I'm excited to share a new podcast series with you all. We're changing it up a bit for a few special feature episodes. And I'll be sharing some liberated parenting strategies for my upcoming book, Parenting for Liberation, A Guide for Raising Black Children. The book is informed by interviews from this podcast. And over the course of all of these interviews on this podcast, Black parents who have spoken to me have dropped their own nuggets of wisdom about how they are shifting from fear to liberation and how they are practicing liberation in their homes. I've put those stories together and created some strategies, um, and they're in this Parenting for Liberation guide. The guide is coming out Juneteenth, June 19, 2020. So to connect the podcast with this new book, which again is the data point for the book, I thought it was only right to have some episodes to highlight the strategies in the book. It's like a homecoming of sorts, where the podcast learnings are returning back to themselves through this book, and it's beautiful to see it all come full circle. For each episode in the series, there will be three key points. I will highlight a liberated strategy from the book, I will reference and ground in the original podcast episode, and I will explore how to practice the strategy right now during COVID-19 when so many parents are home with their children 24-7. Now is the time to really ground in liberated parenting practices. So let's jump into this topic, which comes from episode one, which is what is parenting for liberation, an interview with KUCR 88.3 FM. During this interview, I was being asked all the questions, and I was being interviewed by the D Report on what is parenting for liberation and what it looked like in practice. Now, this was one of the first interviews I ever done during the early times of parenting for liberation, and I shared a practice I was engaging in with my family then, which was family agreements. The practice of family agreements was informed by the work that I do in movement building spaces. In those spaces. We're building community with folks who have shared vision, purpose, or ideology. And rather than setting rules and enforcing them, we begin with community agreements where participants can contribute to the agreements and set the intentions of our collective. Shout out to my teachers, Monica Dennis and Rachel Ibrahim, who brought me into the practice of community agreements. The intention of collecting, creating collective community agreements is that there is collective buy-in and everyone who's involved in setting the agreements adhere to them, which means that we hold each other accountable in community. And it's less about the facilitators being the enforcers and rather than them being the authoritative figure saying, this is what you should do. Everyone in the community adheres or follows to the community agreements because they contributed to creating them. And there's a commitment to our collective well-being So I wanted to apply that to my family because having all these family rules that I created that no one was really following, I had to be the enforcer to keep everybody, all the children, to follow them. And it just wasn't a good position to be in. I didn't want to be the enforcer. I wanted the children in my family, in my house, and all of us to be doing it because we we knew it was the right thing to do as opposed to because I said so. 
So I wanted us to come together to create agreements that we all could agree to and we could all hold one another accountable to. And yes, I said we all could hold one another accountable to. More on that in next episode. So how does the family agreement practice show up right now during COVID-19? Well, when schools first closed, there was a scramble on behalf of parents who would be home with their children 24-7 to set up schedules. And I had seen all these schedules coming out. There were color-coded schedules. There were schedules that were from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Each block was filled. And I wondered to myself when I saw that, like, wow, how are they doing all of that? And two, how did the children feel about that? Did they have any input? Did, were they involved in determining their schedule? Did they have any say or agency? And then I saw a sister friend of mine's post on Facebook Um, Wakumi Douglas, she shared her daughter's schedule. And what I love seeing were these huge chunks of time throughout the day that said, Naima's choice. It was beautiful. Naima's her daughter. And her name in the schedule saying it was her choice made me fill up with joy to see that this little Black girl had decision-making and agency about how she wanted to use some of her time throughout the day. What this teaches our children is that their interests matter Their voice matters. It provides them a sense of agency. Just think back to when you were a child or even now as an adult. How would it feel if your whole day was programmed without any input from you? You'd feel frustrated or limited and you'd probably resist. Now, I'm not saying that there's no structure or there's no academics or there's no learning. It's not a day full of play or screen time. Well, maybe there's a day like that every so often during the week. What's the harm in that? But now when children are going through their day, when they have those buckets of of math or reading or science set up, they can be hopeful and looking forward to that 30 minutes of screen time that they put or maybe that one hour of arts or dance or play or outdoor fun. They have that to look forward to because it's something that they are interested in and something that they put on their schedule. So you can check out the conversation that I had with Wakumi about how do you practice liberation in your children's education and scheduling during COVID. It's a new episode. All right, that's it for this mini episode. Thanks for listening. The Liberated Parenting Strategy of Family Agreements, again, is informed by episode one, so you can check that out. And feel free, if you want to learn more about this particular parenting strategy, to pick up the book, Parenting for Liberation, A Guide for Raising Black Children, available via Feminist Press. Remember that code is Trina20 to get 20% off. And if you're curious about what happens when someone in the family breaks a family agreement, listen to our next mini episode on the topic of the triple A's of accountability. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of Parenting for Liberation. I hope that something shared on this episode helps you on your journey to liberated parenting. To learn more about our other episodes, check out our website at www.parentingforliberation.org backslash podcast. Please like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you're listening on iTunes, make sure you give us a good review. Wake up, everybody. No more sleeping in bed. No more back with thinking. Time for thinking.